in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hey there, I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about healing generational curses. And my guest today is Dr. Katrina R. Sparks. Let me just tell y'all a little bit about her. And there's a lot, but I'm <laughs> going to try to be brief with it and then she will fill in the gaps. Okay, Dr. Katrina R. Sparks, mother, daughter, author, and educator. The foundation of who she is grounded in, a determination to defy the odds, and an unyielding willingness to fight through life's challenges. I'm telling y'all that's more important than all the other stuff I'm about to read. That drive that she has, she completed her undergraduate work at Lehman College, where she majored in African-American studies with a concentration in early childhood education, and she graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in 1993. She went on to further her education by earning her first master's in special education from Long Island University, Brooklyn campus in 1998, And she earned a second master's degree in school administration and supervision from Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts at North Adams, Massachusetts in 2002, and a third master's from Argosy University, an educational specialist in educational leadership. Then she went on to earn her doctorate in philosophy and professional studies and education from Capella University in 2007. She's an educator, y'all, whose area of concentration is special education She has worked for over 30 years with special needs populations, and she's currently employed in the capacity of special education teacher. In addition, she works as a consultant in early intervention and for the Committee on Preschool Special Education. And her responsibilities entail teacher speech and hearing, special education itinerant teacher, and applied behavioral analysis, as well as educational evaluator. Well, that is a mouthful, y'all. Welcome, (laughs) Dr. Sparks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Crouch. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you. I feel like I've known you forever. Forever, ever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This is my fellow Leo sister, y'all. She's here representing for the Leo women. That's right. One day apart. And we're here to talk about her latest book because I believe she authored one book previously, but this book is called Not Bitter, Better. 
Mm-hmm. And this is her story about how she overcame the hurt of growing up as a fatherless child, later to become a single mother. And she's talking about shattering those generational curses. For every woman who's ready to overcome and work toward their breakthrough, turn the page and open their heart and join Dr. Sparks on this healing journey using the bricks and the stones that were meant to hurt you to build the life that you deserve, desire and deserve. Girl, yeah. when yeah, I read maybe. this back cover... My heart was like, doom, 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 doom. She went there. She went deep. And she's challenging other people to do the same thing. Yes. And you have to realize something, you know, even though this is a labor of love, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's a long time coming. I am still a work in progress. So when this book was written, understand I'm going through a lot of the things I do, the exercises, and I'm still working on me. I am not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I am far from perfect. I don't think I, I don't have all of the answers, but I hope this book can serve as a tool or as a resource to help others. And like I said, it's helping me. I have to sometimes go in and what did I write? I said, okay, when I had those days, I need to go back here. Let me go back and let me do the journal part. And I have to do a lot of self-reflecting for myself. So it's helping me. And we all need you know, to go back. Because like I said, we are far from perfect. We are all works in progress. And this is helping me a great deal. So what was the tipping point where you decided like, I need to really process this a little deeper because you knew I want you to share, you know, the backstory, but you knew it. But then at some point you had to decide that something needed to change in your life. I think for me, um, there's always been a mystery. Those who know me, know me. Those who don't, you know, always assume certain things. You know, a lot of times when we look at people, we look out the, the outer mm. Look at the superficial. Oh, she's a nice looking woman. You know, she has this and this and this and this. And well, how did she get that? There's always been, I would say there's been a question or a mystery about me because those, like I said, who know me, know me well. I don't let a lot of people into my circle. That's just always something I've done. And for me to open up and want to share a part of that, you know, it was something I had been struggling with and fighting, you know, having a battle with myself. It was me versus me deciding on whether I wanted to tell my story. I think um, just speaking with two women, they were just telling me, you know, I've been through a lot and everything and, you know, you seem to have it all together. And I was like, no, sometimes you need to sometimes look and, you know, what you see in front of you is not the person, you know, I was at one time. And I just decided, I think, you know, we need to debunk this myth. And I think amongst women, we like to keep things amongst ourselves and we don't like to share. And I think it's important that we talk to other women. You know, a lot of women need our our help. They need to know that, you know what, sister, I was you. I'm still you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you. I, I'm not. Even though I have the degrees and life is pretty good, I'm blessed. I'm still you. I'm still a girl from the South Bronx. I'm still... Um, a girl who went through some things, dealing with um, the law, you know, a fa- being a fatherless daughter, uh, dealing with uh, my son's father. And I talk about it with his addiction and things I've gone through. My son being diagnosed uh, with autism and me having to navigate through, you know, I, I, I at the time was going to school and I'm navigating, trying to, you know, build on my career as a special education a teacher, and we're kind of navigating and going through the system together. So people need to know that. Before I'm Dr. Sparks, I'm Katrina from the Bronx. 
I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm all of these things. But, you know, the person that you see in front of me, you know, it took me a long time to get to where I'm at. And again, I'm still a work in progress and I'm still growing to know that. And we don't share that with women. Women see that outer, the superficial stuff and and everything and don't realize or there may be this, I would say like sometimes it's a resentment. How did she get that or whatever? No, let me let me tell you how I did it. Nothing was handed to me. This is what I did. This is how I went about doing it. And when, how I went about doing it, you can do it too, but you may need to, you know, carve and do your, get through your own path to do so. Exactly. And I think just you even, you know, writing this, putting this on paper gives other women permission mm-hmm. to examine themselves, really. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you talk about your story, but I love the, pro- the writing prompts in the book. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, with the so how the writing prompts um, came about is I like to journal. I like to write things down. And what was happening is sometimes I'll put stuff on little stickies or I'll just have a, I'll have a thought or something and I have a journal or I'll have my plan. And I say, oh, this idea comes across my mind. So let me write this down. I was like, okay, now I need to get a little bit more organized because I may need to go back and look at something. I'm like, it's here or it may be here. So I wanted I didn't want this book just to be, I won't say atypical, a book about someone growing up in the inner city. You know, we've heard a lot of stories and, you know, everyone's story is different um, growing up in the inner city and things, you know, everybody's traumas, everybody's um, trials and tribulations are different, but we talk about them. But I wanted us to kind of, I guess I wanted to write it down and to recall things, to do a checklist. Okay. We don't check, we don't do checklists. Sometimes we don't like to touch on things or we don't like to, you know, think or recall back. So a lot of this stuff is having you to do a checklist. Remember at a time when you were a child and this happened and this happened, you check off and you start hitting some, some points in there, start writing about it. And what, how I was going about, uh, what helped me was my relationship with my dad. My father is, you know, deceased, but there's always been this feeling or this void that I didn't. And I talk about it in the book that I did not, we didn't get to say our goodbyes. So I never got to really say goodbye to my father. So how did I do it? I had for me, I had to put it in writing. So I talk about how I, you know, tell my father I loved him and, you know, I wish we would have had more time together and different things. You know, I talk about that. And then I have for those, the readers, you go in there, write about a time, whatever that time is. So it's helping, you know, it's a healing. Like I said, I'm no expert in this, but to me, writing is very therapeutic. It helps me a lot and it helps us to kind of, you know, we need to be honest with ourselves. You know, we may not want to, you know, we keep a lot of things, especially as women, a lot of things internally. And for me, that's what was happening. I was keeping a lot of things internally. And, you know, it starts to eat and it starts to fester. I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to put this out and write it out. And then, you know, when needed, you know, I go see my therapist. Okay. Okay, so you nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I talk about that too in the book. You know, we have this thing, you know, black people, we've gone, especially people of color, whatever you want to call. Listen, we've gone through this and slavery. I didn't go through slavery. You didn't go through slavery. What our ancestors experienced is what our ancestors experienced, what they had to endure and the people there are. We weren't doing that times. The things that we are dealing with, we don't like to talk about. Certain things and certain topics are considered taboo. We need to start talking about it because if we start talking about it, you'll see that the person next to you, to the left or to the right of you is probably going through the same thing. And we need to talk about those things. We, You can't hear. You can't keep stuff fested in. And that's what I had to realize. 
my feelings about my father, my feelings about my son's father. I couldn't have kept that, you know, I kept it. I was, fe- it was just festering, 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 keeping it. Said, no, we got to talk about this because I'm willing to bet that someone else is going through this, if, you know, the same situation. So I decided to put it on, um, put it in a book. Again, I had my reservations. I've had, I'm going to be honest, everyone, when I told a few people that I was writing a book, they were like, okay, that's a good idea. You know, I've been waiting for your story. And like I said, this was not my first attempt. I started to write it and I scrapped it and I put it away on the back burner. And then I decided like last summer, okay, you need to stop playing around and you need, you have a story to tell and you need to be forthcoming, open, truthful, living your truth and tell your story. So now everything you want to know about me is in the book. There's no secrets or anything, not that I was keeping anything, but I just wanted to let people know that, you know. I am who I am. And these are the things I've been doing. And these are the things that help me different, you know, offer different resources and guides and things that work for me. And again, they may work for others. It may not. You may need to put your spin on it or find your way through this thing that we call life. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what you mentioned about, you know, keeping secrets and not really sharing. And that's like a generational thing. Yeah. Because my grandmother, you know, her generation, she never talked about who was enslaved the generation before her. No mention of it. No mention of anything that happened in the South. And I'm sure things happened in the South. My grandmother was born in 1919. I'm sure she experienced some things, you know, and her mm-hmm. siblings, but they never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's in this trauma and you know, certain mm-hmm. things for them, even for us now triggers, you see certain things, certain things are triggers. You know, we may watch a show, we may hear someone's stories. And back then, you know, they didn't have the resources that they ha- we have now. They didn't have um, someone they can talk to. They were told, you know, they either prayed through or they just were told to listen. It happened, it moved on. And, you know, you just move on and you just keep, you know, getting through. God's going to get you through. Everything is, you know, God's going to pull you through. You know how we mm-hmm. Out or whatever, but you know, and it's wonderful, you know, because we all have our religion, you know, our beliefs, our spirituality, which is very important. But we need to talk to, you know, we need to speak to the experts. We need to speak to people in within the mental health field. We they didn't have those choices. Now we do, and it's still, like I said, it's still considered taboo. Yeah, yeah, it's it still is. But I think you know, I just think with each person that that shares and uses their voice, there's so much power in that. There's so yes. much power in that. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, often we bond through our wounds in terms of, you know, we attract friends that may be in the same state where we are. Mm-hmm. So how did this shift? Did this affect any of your friendships or relationships that you had with other people? I'm going to say everyone, when they found out that I was writing a book or when the book came out, no one really asked me what the book was about. Anybody who knows me knows my, they were like, okay, you're writing a book. Wonderful. They don't know. No one said, what's the book about? <laughs> so I started, I'm going to say, started like the first of the year, you know, bam, I, this is the book, not bitter, um, better. People were like, all right, good. People still didn't know what the book was about. Fine. So then before March, pre-orders, people started getting the book, you know, started, you know, getting the book and everything. I'm going to say once people started getting the book, I started getting uh, text messages. Uh, Katrina, I need for you to call me. I got Facebook messages. But I'm going to say each one of them was positive. Someone I went to high school with, she said to me, 
I need for you to stay out of my business. I said, what? I said, stay out of business. She said, I need for you to stay out of my business. And she said, I said, she said, girl, she said, when you said, when I saw that you were writing a book, I was like, okay, she's writing a book. This is my high school friend. I'm going to support her. She's a sister. I'm going to support her. But baby, she said, when I started reading and you touched on some things, you touched on some areas. When, at me being a child that I have never touched on or certain things that I kept hidden that were very. So she, she thanked me for it. I had another good friend of mine who is a male. He's like, you make me sick. He was like, I read the book and I spent half of my work day when I should have been doing my work and everything, spending my work day reading this book. Thank you for that. So everything has, all the responses have been positive. Like I said, I'm going to say even one person, I won't say it was a negative response, but her response was like, I don't know if I could have been so open and, 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 you know, been so forthcoming. I said, why? I said, you know, we usually, when we hear about people and all the good or whatever about what people have done, usually they're gone or they transition and they become ancestors. So I wanted basically no stone left unturned. Whatever you thought about me, what you think you know, now you can't talk about me. If you want to talk about me, go right ahead. But when you talk about me, talk about me and pick up the book. But it was, everything is in the book. So now you understand, oh, so that's why she did. So, oh, that's why she is. So again, like I said, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still, I read the book and I have to go back and, and, you know, reference and do some writing down. And it's to the point where I'm not even writing in the book. Because I like so what I'm doing is I'm zero I'm Xeroxing copies in the book. So because you write things and that's one thing I like about my book. You can write something, but you have a right your thought may change. Start to you may start to write something. You may in that sec second be angry. You know, this made me angry, or whatever. But after a certain amount of time writing about or experiencing something, your thought and your thought process or how you thought about your feelings may change. So it's good to go back. You know, when I have it, you know, like I said, I like to make copies of it because I would thought we change as you start to write. You're not the same writer. You may write something today about something. You ever write, for example, like it's when you write a letter to someone and say you're writing a complaint letter. You're always taught don't use your emotions. Just stick to the facts. So you may write about that situation. But then the next day when you thought about it, OK, now I'm going to write from that. So our, our how we think about things after a certain amount of time and how we we process it and our thoughts and our feelings, they change, you know, we're humans. So for me, I Xerox my copies. I make copies of, of the journal parts and I go and I revisit because again, everything is going to change. I may feel one way today, but I may, but that's a part of who we are. We're humans. We change. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. And what did your perspective change as you learn more about your parents' story, like how, how they were raised in their upbringing? Yeah. Like with my mother and my father, my mom, I knew a lot about her and my father. I knew about my dad, but I learned a lot from my mother. My mother always spoke positive my father, even though my parents, they were married and they had separated. But, you know, she was a wife until the end. But I learned a lot from just realizing they had to endure a lot. Mm -hmm. They didn't have like my my father, his father not being around. My mother's father who had left because her mother had passed away and was raised by her great-great-grandmother and other relatives. So, you know, the breakdown. So their upbringing made them who who they are. And you remember, they're from the South. And, you know, during that time, you know, it was a lot of 
segregation. My mother was uh, there during the um, civil rights, the segregation. She experienced a lot. Um, the night that the I talk about it in the book, my, uh, my grandparents at the time were living in Birmingham. The night the church was bombed, she remembered MLK going to the you know going to the church and seeing famous people like she's seen. Um, she met James Baldwin, you know, at the church meetings when they would get together and discuss getting together to um, the protests and the demonstrations. Just famous people. So my mother has experience. My dad has experience. And I guess living in the South and everything they didn't do it, they came to North because that's what they did. You left the South because you want to migrate it up North because you wanted a better way of life. So as a result, they met and here I am. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So even in the book, you talked about this like shift, you know, you talked about, where is it? Who tell me what page? Because you know, I write and I, sometimes I go back. <laughs> And I forget. I'm like, I just say that. Okay. <laughs> Refresh my memory. Well, I'm going to tell you my favorite part. Okay. Tell it's me. On page, if you go to page, um, healing through the journey, this is kind of midway in the book. I'm going to say 87, 88. Let's look at 89. The other questions, does anything from my past still affect me? Oh, yes. What can I do to let go of my past? I mean, this can be, like I said, this is a type a page that I would definitely uh, make numerous copies because we always somehow try to think about our past. What if I did this? Cause mm-hmm. I, I always believe too, that, you know, things happen for a reason, whether they're good, the bad, the ugly. But my thing is, are you going to keep living in your past? Or are you going to move forward? What lesson have you learned from your past? Yeah. That's how I take that. So that's how I take that. So this is a question that is like, never, you can always ask yourself. And this is like never ending because mm-hmm. what, does anything from my past still affect me? We all have things from my past that still affect us. Okay. And we don't like to, we like to just bury it, leave it alone. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but we need to do that. We need to write it down. Because when you bury it, where does it go? It's still there. It's 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 in your gut. It's, you know, causing ulcers and and heart attacks, high blood pressure. And that's the reason why a lot of us are, are sick. Our health, we're in bad health. We get migraines, we get Ulcers, we get high blood pressure, asthma, just different um, health ailments that trigger certain things that are triggers that'll affect our health and our mental. Exactly, exactly. Um, I love when you talked about developing your intuition, and that really mm-hmm. takes a lot of like we have to disconnect. Like sometimes we're so connected to, you mm-hmm. know, the computer and work and the stimulation we get from the phones, and mm-hmm. we really in order to develop your intuition, you have to. Be still. You have to sit in silence. And I learned that, like sitting in, and like now, as I've gotten, I'll say within the last couple of years, I'm saying the last last year and a half. Now I turn everything off. Mm-hmm. Whatever I need to be needs to be said. TV goes off. Electronic. Everything goes completely off because you know we have to. First of all, we have to get sleep. And constantly, anything like that, having our mind erased all the time. And you need to disconnect. Whatever's going to be there is going to be there. When you wake up in the morning, you get up, you recharge, turn it back on. It's going to be there. Yeah, I think that we, um, we're we so connected to our external world that we don't really go inward to discover this whole inner world that needs tending to. Mm-hmm. Everything is technology. Everything is technology. Yeah talk to each other. We don't write letters. We don't have conversation. Everything is a text message, a FaceTime. Everything is technology, technology. 
taking over. Yeah, except except for, you know, healing. Healing is really the internal work. And I love how you describe it as realigning and rediscovering. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you're coming home to yourself, you know, what you are at your core, mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely beautiful. Yes. Yes. I think also when you just removing yourself, sometimes you have to remove yourself from your situation. You know, we work, we know we work, but when time permits, you know, a drive, uh, a day at park, you know, yoga, some me, I like to go away. I find going away. That's when I do my best thinking. I'm healing, leaving the country for me. You know, everyone doesn't have that opportunity. I thank God I've been afforded that opportunity to do so. But, you know, you have to find that place or find find that place or that area where you're centered, where you feel grounded. Find that peace. For me, like I say, it could be a walk. I may go outside to start. I know I start walking where I'm at. Next thing I know, I'm on the other side, just walking, just clearing my head. You got to find that. You got to find that place and that balance. And that helps. So how did you um, discover this connection to Ghana? <laughs> so Ghana... I've always wanted to go to Africa. Okay. But you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the motherland. I'm going to see, you know, I want to meet my people and we meet people, you know, people that are from Africa, from various, you know, from the continent and various countries within the continent. And I was given an opportunity by a very good friend of mine, Anthony, and Anthony is from Ghana and he came to the United States and he's living the American dream. And he knows that I travel and I'm always like, he said, you're always traveling. You're always giving. I think it would be wonderful if you can join the chapter there. And I went to Ghana about two years ago. And when I said I fell in love, it's, I can't even describe it. You know, everyone I talk to says the same thing. Like once you go to Ghana or any part, any part of the continent of Africa, it is a it's a spiritual awakening. You feel like you're home. That disconnect of people who are from Africa and Black Americans just coming together. It's this, this, now it's a connection. It's just the air. You know, when you go, to, I can't even describe it. I just felt like I was home. And just to see where my people came from, to know that they left from that side of the world to come over here, you know, by force to come here. It's just, it's amazing. And just to see, I said the the people, the just the love, welcome in Ghana. They speak tree, and they always say "akwaba." Akwaba means welcome, so you're always welcome. So the welcome and just just I felt they just make you feel special. And like I said, to walk where my ancestors walked is you know it's emotional. I mean, I when I was there in Ghana, every time I go to Ghana, it's emotional. And for me, it's spiritual. It's just, I get very emotional. It's just every, because I'm learning something new every day. Wow. And I think that's so important that people have these experiences that are outside of the Mm -hmm. norm and what's comfortable for them Mm -hmm. because it'll help you expand, you know? It does. And that's my thing. My goal is there are other parts of Africa that I need to see. Last year, I got the opportunity to see Togo, which was amazing. I plan on going back. And it's just a need. There are children and people who love and they love Americans. They love they love Black Americans. And it's like, oh, she looks just like me. And just to go and to be able to give. Like I, I go, I always like to go and find a school and give supplies. There's a need. You know, their school systems are different. They don't have 
Uh, they have to pay into it and don't have the, you know, the resources and things that we have here in the state. So I try to, you know, service is what I do. So I always like try to, you know, give back by bringing, you know, supplies, especially for the young ladies. They need their products. So I try to, you know, reach out to my friends. I don't ask my friends for much, but when I do ask, I need supplies, I need things. And everyone comes forward and just brings that. So for me to know that I'm giving back. Wow. That works for me. All right. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else you want to share with the listeners about you? Maybe share how they can follow you, learn more about what you do in the community. Okay. So my book is entitled, again, Not Bitter, Better. You can find the book on Amazon, Walmart, I believe, BAM, Bookshop. Just Google my name, Dr. Katrina R. Sparks, and it will show up. I can be found on social media. I am on Facebook. It's under Dr. Katrina R. Sparks. Instagram, Doc, D-O-C, Cat, K-A-T, 07. And I'm on LinkedIn, Dr. Katrina R. Sparks. I just want to share my story with the world. Anyone who's willing to listen, listen, contact me. For speaking engagements, to speak, definitely. Just please pass the book on to a sister because there are sisters who really need that. There are sisters who, and even brothers, it, it helps brothers too because there's some areas that that'll definitely brothers can relate to. But I just feel like right now, a lot of us are hurting and we need to heal. We got to stop living in the past and we got to stop blaming and pointing the finger. If we're going to point the finger, we need to point it at ourselves and be like, okay, what can I do to be a better me? Because we don't want to keep having these generational curses, these things that go on and move on to our children, our children's children. And we got to learn how to break these cycles. So my prayer is that this book will reach. A friend of mine says, save lives. I would love if it could save lives, but, you know, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. So I'm hoping it will help others to realize, you know, you can do anything regardless of your situation, no matter. And I mean, there are individuals who have experienced things, you know, that many of us were, you know, not even supposed to be alive. But Mm -hmm. if you can overcome and persevere and just go on, you know, stop living in the past, deal with it. And then move on from that. How can you make yourself better you? Every day I ask myself, okay, so something may have happened yesterday that I didn't like. Okay, that happened yesterday. Am I going to keep living? Okay, now we got to get past it. We can't get stuck in this rut. How can I make this better? Let's move forward. And it's not easy because it it, it could be difficult, but we have to learn how to stop living in that rut. Some of us, so many times we get stuck in that rut, but we get stuck into that woe is me. Oh, you know, you got to start asking yourself this. When you think your situation is so bad or the worst of the worst, there are some people who would gladly switch places with you and who are in far more worse situations that you are in. So whatever's going to be, it's not forever and trouble don't last always. And it's going to, you're going to get through it. That's always been my philosophy. Thank you. It took me a long time to get there. Trust you, (laughs) man. Thank you, Dr. Sparks, for joining me. That's going to be it for this episode. Contact information for Dr. Sparks will be in the show notes. Also, please share this episode with a friend. Send us a message. Subscribe to the show. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.